0: Welcome to Commentaries from the Edge. I'm Karen Goldberg, and here's what's coming up. I'm delighted and honored to invite our guest for today on Commentaries from the Edge, Perla Carney. Perla Carney is the Artistic Director of the University of California in Los Angeles DoorTort Center for Creativity and the Arts at UCLA Hillel. And she's going to be talking with us today not only about the center but of course a little bit about what is Hillel for our listeners to know and to really have an opportunity to talk about the extraordinary career that she's had in the arts here in Los Angeles, California For the last 19 years as the Artistic Director of this very important center. The center is known as the Dortort Center because it was founded and endowed by David Dortort, who was the originator and creator of a famous television program in the United States called Bonanza, and at the same time, Perla Carney was hired by the director of UCLA Hillel at the time, who is now emeritus, Rabbi Chaim Zeidenfeller, who was the director there for almost 40 years and a great advocate for the ways in which arts can expand people's knowledge and spirituality. Today, the center at Hillel is headed by Rabbi Aaron Lerner, who also enthusiastically
1: supports the Center, the Center for Creativity and the Arts. Thank you so much for hosting me today, Karen. It's my honor to be here. And um, I have been the Artistic Director of Hillel at UCLA for 18 years, and I'm going into my 19th year, November 2nd.
0: Well, congratulations. That's an creative and amazing accomplishment. And I think let's start by explaining to our listeners actually what is a Hillel and a little bit of its history.
1: Well, I'm very fortunate that I am under a giant umbrella of the Hillel organization. Hillel started in... 1923, so it's almost a hundred years old. It started in Illinois by a Rabbi Frankel, and he thought that it would be very important to have Jewish students have a place to go while they're undergraduates at, at their own university. It started very, very small and it expanded to 550 campuses around the world in five continents. And also it expanded in its scope, what it offers students. It first was basically just a place where you could worship on Friday. Today, it is a center, a vibrant center for students who are looking for a home away from home. And in that center, they can of course socialize. They have free Shabbat dinners every Friday at our Hillel at UCLA we have around 250 students every friday that come to socialize to also pray we have reform conservative and orthodox services every friday so
0: Hillel actually you know took its place among other religions mm-hmm. other faiths mm-hmm. who also have a presence at university mm-hmm. and college campuses and became a place that specifically was to support the Jew initially to support the Jewish students on campus, but as you 're saying, became so much more, and I think you know one of the things that you have done in your life is to make the contribution of expanding the meaning of what a Hillel or perhaps any religious student service organization can mean in the way in which you have developed this this creativity center and art center over these 18, 19 years. I think, um, you know, it would be interesting for everybody to know a little bit about the specifics, which is that right here in Los Angeles at this particular Hillel, there are five different galleries in over 3,000 square feet of exhibition space. So we're talking really about a major art center in the city of Los Angeles that makes a contribution to the art world here. And it's something that I think, you know, you can be very proud of and maybe, you know, is more important than ever because of the world that we've been living in, not only with the pandemic, but also because of the type of wars that continue around the world, and which young people are going up into this world. And we know how much the arts give an opportunity for optimism, for faith, for creativity. So it's been really perhaps more important than you could have imagined initially, when you decided to create this kind of art center. And I just want to go on to say that you are yourself involved in creating many of these programs, their art openings, and also connect them to the Los Angeles art scene. So maybe you can tell us some of, I mean, there's so much to talk about over 18 or 19 years. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about some of your favorite experiences
1: in creating these, these exhibits. Thank you, Karen. I think, I think the audience that is listening today needs to also know my own background what I brought to my position as artistic director. No one arrives with a blank slate. Absolutely. So the fact that I was born and raised in Germany, in my parents were Holocaust survivors, and I was raised in three different displaced persons camps in Bavaria, the fact that I was stateless until I was almost 30 years old, I did not have a passport, um, informs the work that I do. As artistic director. How how do you think it informs it? I am very drawn to show exhibits and create programs that educate students and the public. About what? About, for example, what it means to be Jewish, what it means to be a um, very, very closely related to wars all over the world. What photography can do for the viewer and what art can do for the viewer, which is a very visceral reaction. It isn't just that you intellectually you know, understand something. You feel it when you see the art up on the walls, whether it's photography. For example, we brought from the United Nations main lobby an exhibit by the war photographer this Ron. This is
0: United Nations in New York, in New York City. York, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And we brought an exhibit called Children of Darfur. And it was done by a war photographer. Darfur, Africa. Yes, Darfur, mm-hmm. Africa. Mm-hmm. And um, we brought this exhibit as a West Coast opening at Hillel at UCLA. And we brought the um, photographer, who's world renowned, his name is Ron Haviv. We brought him out to do programming for us for the students at UCLA, as well as the public. And it was extremely educational that people could understand what mothers and children go through during war in Darfur. So that's a very important point, several points that you
0: made right there, which is first of all, you're expanding and enriching the education, as you mentioned, you said the word educate, mm-hmm. the education of the young people at a very primitive not primitive but a very primal part of their their development as a person between 18 and let's say 22 years old so you can really have an impact on their vision of the world around them mm-hmm. through your art but the other thing is i think that you you mentioned that not only students come but that it's open to the community yes. tell us a little bit more about that
1: well all of our exhibits especially our openings which include a reception are open, free and open to the public. This is how we advertise it. So that people who know what we do at Hillel come. We have always very, very large audiences that come to our receptions and see the art. And also they are very supportive of our work. They donate money and they help us with our funding, which is so important. Because I, as an artistic director, one of my primary duties is, and responsibilities to raise money for the programs that I do.
0: So, so it's, that, it's, not, yes, it's, not in,
1: it's not in Hilla's budget. Hilla's budget is for st- free Shabbat dinners, for challah baking, for trips. For example, they've now expanded for many, many years now where students will go and do tikkun olam. You know what that is? Like to save the world, to help. Well, it's important re- for our listeners to know yeah, what that to, means. Tikkun Olam t- yeah. means to repair it's, the world. It's a spiritual uh,
0: cornerstone of Judaism yes. that the reason you're here right. is to, to do something while you're alive in this world that contributes to making the world a better place. Right.
1: So we have, of course, Birthright Israel, where students sign up with us and go on trips to Israel for free, so that they learn about Jewish heritage that they come from, but they live in the United States. They also will go to South America and help indigenous people find water and maybe also build special water towers for them. They they work for people to help them and better their lives. This is what our students at Hillel many of them sign up for that. That's part of what we offer our students. And it's what you encourage. And Absolutely. So, so
0: you're talking about a great diversity of programming in what it means to have a Hillel. And at the same time, then, you're saying that it's with the fundraising, the, the searching for funds, and to really getting the community around you, the greater Los Angeles area and maybe beyond, to support what the meaning of this art center is in terms of educating and in terms of enriching, so that's part of why this Dortort uh, Center for Creativity and the Arts is really having an impact on Los Angeles much greater than it would be if it was just about a campus program. I you're agree with you're that. actually, yeah. you're actually making an impact.
1: And you know, I've what I've also done is I've reached out. In order to create my programs, I have co-sponsors. And the co-sponsors are, for example, consulates all around the city because of my programming. And I do programs with the German government. I do programs with a new museum in Berlin, which then is co-sponsored by the German, German consulate here. So we brought Roman Vishniak's photographs from pre-Second World War when he kind of sneaked into snuck into poland with a camera and took photographs of the shtetl life in poland which after the second world war did not exist It was destroyed yes so he he was able to take these record these lives of these people who were then you know murdered And he brought them out, and he uh, lived in Berlin at the time. So those photographs we brought to Hillel from the new museum in Berlin, and we showed them. His daughter, who lived at the time, she's now unfortunately passed on, she lived in Santa Barbara, and she came to the opening, his daughter, Roman Vishniak's daughter. And we had programs with the German consulate, the German consul spoke. And it just, you know, creates a kind of goodwill. So this way you also, besides the goodwill
0: you're creating this international connection which really goes back to what you were saying about your own background and the ways in which you were you could say you were borderless you were you were stateless and and it makes you feel really you're very in tune with where the world's going which is this search to be global for us to feel more connected to one another and you're promoting that and in a way, you know, every time that someone steps into a job, whatever the job description is, you're always bringing who you are. Absolutely. And in this case, mm-hmm. then you're really saying that this door center for creativity in the arts is, in many ways, a reflection of Perla Karna. Karne. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I also wanted to say that we worked with the Auschwitz-Birkenau Museum in Poland and brought um, all the artifacts. From prisoners who secretly created art while they were at Auschwitz. Mm-hmm.
0: And when we did. Those, those, you mean talking about this is during World War II? In Mitz, yes. And they were in part of the concentration camp. In the yes, concentration in, in camp, Auschwitz, yes. And they were creating art secretly yes. while they were there. Yes. And these things were, were preserved.
1: Yes. And they have an, a museum at Auschwitz, Birkenau. And um, this is in Poland. In Poland. Mm-hmm. And my dad was born and raised in Warsaw and the director of the Birkenau, the Auschwitz Birkenau Museum is also from Warsaw and he came to the opening. But what I wanted to bring out is that when the shipment arrived from Poland, it was so gigantic and it weighed maybe two tons because the artifacts were within a framework of like doorposts made out of mm. wood. And I don't I didn't mm. have enough room to show these artifacts. Yes. So what I did is I contacted the Reverend Susan Klein, who is the Reverend at the St. Albans Church right next door to Hillel, and I offered to do a collaboration with her of this exhibit. So you had a Judeo Christian collaboration of an exhibit about the inmates in Auschwitz. So you approach what you're doing also
0: in a very innovative and creative way and and you don't allow any barrier to to stop what your particular goals are. I can see that. And you know how how moving to open up crates and touch something that was that was created by people who really probably knew that they had no future. And yet here is the human impulse to create under the worst of circumstances. It's, it's quite astounding. Really. I, think, I
1: think it's primal. I went to a cave in Spain, maybe 10 years ago, and 40,000 years ago, in this cave, humans were creating art on the walls of these caves, 40,000 years ago. So I mean, it's, it's a primal instinct to want to create and to want to communicate through art. And it's a very
0: empowering instinct. And it's one of the reasons why an art center gives so much to a community because it's a mirror back to people about what's possible, what they're feeling, and it's cathartic. I mean, because you can, through an art exhibit mm-hmm. that's expressing th- something to you, you're releasing your own emotions Absolutely. Through, through looking at that art
1: you know i also don't just do things holocaust related needless well, of to course, say yes so for I, for, example, so. You know, for example for um, example an artist came to me her name is jj Leroux. she's a photographer and she what her specialty is she goes to the antarctica and she photographs animals that will maybe become extinct and will never see their likes again so she goes there all the time and she, and i did an exhibit in our gindi gallery, which is also, it's all of our galleries are multi-purpose, and the Gindi gallery is where the students eat their lunch. So I would say there are at least 500 students a week that come through the Gindi gallery, and also that's also a lecture hall, and and it's a gorgeous gallery. It's perfect. So um, I displayed her exhibit of extinct animals in the Antarctica that she constantly goes there and photographs, and Some people said to me, well, what's Jewish about it? And I said, it's a universal theme. It's not Jewish. It's we are part of this life and this world. And this is what we have to show. Because it's educational, but it's also something that affects each and every one of us. Because we're all connected. Yes, so how beautiful that you're promoting that. And
0: you know something else about that, which is with global warming, is that the Arctic might become extinct. Even people who were visiting Antarctica and the Arctic, and the scientists are reporting back to us that the ice is disappearing so much faster with the animals. So you—that's you know—that's you know, another way in which you're educating, but you're also, you know, grabbing some moment in all of our lives that we can treasure. And it's and,
1: it, it, and it's also very beautiful. People, the students would go up to these animals that are you know kind of. Very, very close, she takes close ups of these animals, and they they really understood what we might lose mm-hmm. if these animals become mm-hmm. extinct.
0: Yes, because you know it 's the young people who will actually be most affected by this future that we 're talking about about where we 're going in the global warming, in the droughts in the in the horrendous mm-hmm. uh, collateral damages that the drought is having, even as we speak but certainly for them, so they need to be galvanized into being educated about how important it is for them to do something about it.
1: So this is one area that I have shown exhibits. Another area, uh, we I have stu- a student came to me recently from UCLA, of course, all the students are undergraduates from UCLA, and she said, I'm doing, um, we're doing a program with um, Professor Van Bloom is his name, Paul Van Blum. And the, the program is called, I mean, the subject matter is history, how the intersection of history and art, he does something unique on campus. And she wanted to um, see if I will exhibit students' art about mental illness, because on our campus, there's a lot of, a lot of there are a lot of students who suffer from mental illness, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether it's suicidal thoughts. There are guidance counselors, but she came to me and she said, you know, some of my friends would like to exhibit what goes on with them and through art. So of course I made it happen and they had a very moving exhibit and each one wrote an essay Mm. about what was shown how beautiful. And um, there was an opening that, that professor spoke and her parents came in. Her parents are emergency room doctors in New Jersey. Mm. They came in for the opening. And it was very meaningful for the students and for me that I could make that happen for them. How how beautiful. And what you mentioned, you
0: know, um, it's very sad to think about how many young people in our society in 2022 or you know, during this 21st century, there's more awareness of the number, the percentage of young people who not only have mental illness, but unfortunately in the United States, a degree of, of those who are committing suicide at young age, sometimes even teenagers before college life. So here is something also, not only the beauty that you, would, that you exhibit in your center, but also it's very therapeutic. For you you're, you're and you're really tapping in to what I was saying before about art empowering you the same with people who are feeling depressed and full of anxiety the art itself can begin to to be a kind of therapy Absolutely. for them Absolutely. so this is yeah this is and, and I can see you're very open to this idea, so I see the way you work. You don't you don't have a rigid schedule. You're open to the idea of people bringing you ideas. And these could be people from around the world that Absolutely. might bring you ideas. Am I correct? Absolutely. Which will be important for us at the end of this to talk about how people might be able to reach you um, who might have ideas that they would like to, to suggest or propose to you I'm for, always open for, for art, art exhibits. Always
1: open for ideas, always.
0: So, tell us about the different art disciplines, because you've mentioned photography. Yes. You've, you've, of course, quite a bit. You've mentioned the visual art, the painting, painting Mm -hmm. art. What other kind of art disciplines? Well, we also
1: um, will show plays. We present plays during the school year, through the academic year. And the plays deal with very often political, sociological issues. The last play that we did was just like a few months ago called Black Box. And it was based on a novel by Amos Oz, who's a very, very famous Israeli writer who recently passed away.
0: And he's he's a, a novelist, and, and he, of course, wrote a
1: famous memoir. Yes, about his mother's suicide. Yes. We also um, do, besides that, we do dance recitals. We do book salons. We do documentary screenings. We... We, it's a, all disciplines. And as I said, most of them are educational. And it doesn't have to necessarily have a Jewish theme. So, it's- so you know, we we live, uh, we're,
0: we're talking in Los Angeles, California. We live with one of the di- most diverse spots on the globe of people from all over the world. So you actually have an opportunity with your interests and your the, your kind of expression of, the international background that you have, that you could tap into the great artistry right here in Los Angeles, which Absolutely. I'm sure you do. Yes, uh, because especially we have a very large Persian population right. here.
1: Right.
0: We have a very one of the, of course the majority now in Los Angeles Latino population.
1: We have some great Latino artists here. Well, for example, I've most Jewish Americans know that there are Ashkenazi Jews from Eastern Europe background, and that there are Sephardic Jews from the Spanish Inquisition background. But almost very, very few Americans know that there is a Mizrahi Jewish community, which are North African Jews that had to flee their homelands, like in Iraq and in Syria and in Yemen and in Lebanon and Iran. These are all North, North African Jews who have not received the respect and the attention that the Holocaust surviving Ashkenazi Jews have received. They had to flee after the Second World War. They were kicked out and had to leave behind their culture, their belongings, their some of them relatives, and most of them went to Israel. A million of them arrived in Israel. And because it was after the Second World War, they weren't received with the same comfort and empathy as the European Jews. And uh, only now, well, I've shown several exhibits about the Mizrahi experience and what they lost when they had to flee. So one of the artists is Arella Teitler. That's the artist that brought to me this idea of doing an exhibit about the Mizrahi experience. And, you know, we had programming with it and the exhibit, of course. And you saw intact families Mm -hmm. before the Second World War Mm -hmm. in northern Africa, Mm -hmm. Jewish families, and how that was destroyed, that that whole culture and life Mm -hmm. then was destroyed, Mm -hmm. even though they tried to continue it in Israel, but they weren't given the respect. Mm -hmm. And today Israel is making up for it. Mm -hmm. Now you have a national holiday when the Mizrahi population arrived so you sort of you have
0: that's a great uh rich cultures that in all those they're very different of course compared to let's say Morocco or Syrian mm-hmm. but you're talking about very rich rich cultures that um that you're recapturing and so that's another contribution that you that you're making through the center so perla you know before we talk about the future Perhaps, I know um, you've had so many favorite exhibits and important exhibits and activities at the center. Perhaps you could tell us just a couple more.
1: Okay. Um, We have an artist in Los Angeles. Her name is Pat Berger, and she has been involved with the homeless population or called the unhoused population for the last 25 years. And her exhibit is just a very moving tribute to... how she gives them such dignity, the homeless people in her paintings. Plus, she brought to our program an advocate who used to be homeless and now is the advocate for the homeless. He's spoken at the White House. He's really a very important part of the activism that the homeless need, somebody who is there for them as a spokesperson who's been homeless himself. So this exhibit I'm very proud of having shown at Hillel. Well, that's
0: something not only to be proud of but that was so needed because um as i think is well known the all of the united states is struggling with this issue of the tragedy and i will call it that and maybe and also the crisis of so many tens of thousands of people who are homeless and this is the case unfortunately in los angeles california and a higher highest percentage of people who are homeless are black young people, families, um, as well as some Latino and some white. But the, the fact that you involved this advocate who is black in being involved in, in Hill shows what you were trying to tell all of us today, which is practicing this sense of the, the interrelationship between all of us. And it's very true with homeless. These are our fellow neighbors. These are our fellow citizens and how they go, we all go, in terms of what happens to our society.
1: Perhaps you'd like to tell us one more? Yes. Um, there is a Swiss photographer, her name is Saskia Keeley. And what she does, she's devoted. she has devoted her life to bringing various groups together. In this case, what I showed in our Hillel galleries is an exhibit of, she goes to the West Bank and she talks to women and gives them Canon cameras, around 20 women at a time, it's a workshop. And she tells them, take photographs of the people who are living on the West Bank and the people who are the Arab pe- women. And they want, they, She takes fo- take photographs and maybe through the photographs, you can find a bridge to each other. So this has been an incredibly moving experience for me, as well as for Saskia, who keeps on doing it for many years now. And it makes such a difference among, it's a small group, but I think there's an impact when mothers try and see the commonality that they do have. This this is another
0: example of the, the, the power of the art to look at what's going on in a particular society. In this case, it was the society in Israel and the bringing together of Arabs and Jews to find, as you say, that commonality. And and perhaps that would be the greatest hope that it would lead to a road for peace for everybody, which, of course, everyone wants in every country, everywhere in the world. So. Um, As we're coming toward the end of our conversation, I think it would be interesting for us all to know some of, you know, you've accomplished so much as we've spoken in these 18 or 19 years. What are some of your goals and visions
1: for the future? What do you see? I hope that what I've, first of all, I hope that I'm looking back now a little bit rather than forward because I've had 18 years of a record, what I've done. And I hope that what I've done has inspired students, as well as the general public, and that I've left some kind of imprint or impact with, I feel that art can really completely and totally bring people together in a very universal way, and there's really nothing quite like it, and I feel very blessed that I've had this opportunity to affect people through art and culture. You are, and
0: in a sense, you created your blessing. By By what you did, maybe, maybe all of us you know we we have blessings, and then we create them too, hopefully, in our lives and I think that um you know you're such a creative person, it's apropos that's the center for creativity in the arts. you will probably come up with new ideas as time goes on for for the vision of where you want to take the center, and you know we can only thank you for creating a model and an inspiration perhaps to other art galleries, mm-hmm. art centers, other religious organizations on campuses that could really model or repeat what you're doing. So you 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 really have been a leader in a, a particular genre of showing the power of art, the, the way that art can soothe you, comfort you, educate you. So we can all thank you, Perla. And I think other people might like to contact you. So can you tell us yes. what would be the best way to contact you?
1: My email address at Hillel at UCLA is perla, P-E-R-L-A, at uclahillel.org. And that would
0: be the best way to contact best you. Best way to contact. All right, and I will put that in the description of that will be published also with this episode, so that people will have it uh, to look at. And I thank you again so much for the time, and for not only enriching you know our better world here in Los Angeles, but for enriching my podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Karen, for having me on your podcast.
0: thank you for listening to commentaries from the edge please subscribe and you'll be notified of all future episodes